Are you ready to take lead in your life? Well, today's the day. Join us on Leadership to Wealth with your host, Neil D'Souza. All right. Uh, well, welcome to uh, the Leadership to Wealth podcast. Uh, my guest today is none other than uh, Mr. Nick Doherty. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's a privilege to be here. <laughs> well, thanks for, thanks for coming. Thanks for doing this. Um, how are you doing? Uh, how are you keeping up these days? Very well. Keeping up good. Um, always uh, sticking with the morning routine, sticking with the schedule. Yeah. And obviously, you, you do as much as you can and you pivot and just make the best out of the circumstance. Right, right. Well, so as we get started, as I like to do, we always want to start off with sort of a warm up, you know, some warm up questions, rapid fire. And obviously, these are directed to you and yes or no or simple answers. But just sure. to get us warmed up here and, and we're going to go through them quickly. You ready for that? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. I make friends easily. No. I have a vivid imagination. Yes. I worry about things. Sometimes. I love large parties. Not particularly. Fancy socks or fancy shoes? Fancy shoes. Okay. Solve complex problems or sweep the deck at a cottage? Solve complex problems. Favorite sport? Pickleball. 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 Have to One of the fastest growing sports in America right now. <laughs> Used to be hockey, but now I'm into pickleball. All right. Um, like, a, like a true Canadian. Um, all right, I'm going to have to learn about pickleball. Uh, good looks or lots of money? Combination. <laughs> um, I'm sure your wife appreciates that. Uh, yes. A place in the world you'd like to visit? Um, a place that I often like to visit is Puerto Vallarta. I like to go there to wind down quite often. My wife and I spend a lot of time there. Mm. Any anything special that you guys like about the place? Yeah, it's actually where we first fell in love. Ooh! So it always brings back memories when we're there. When we go back to, uh, there's a little island there called Yalapa that you can get to by boat, and uh, it's the place where we we fell in love. So it always brings back memories. Wow, Mr. Nick Doherty, the romantic. I, I'm gonna have that <laughs> onto the list. Actually, it's perfect because. You know, I was going to say, uh, Nick, you're an investor, uh, realtor, uh, romantic, uh, yeah. landlord, uh, online marketing marketer. Got to learn a little bit more about that. And of course, uh, I, I know that you also lead uh, mastermind groups. Anything else I missed? No, I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty much in a nutshell. As we mentioned before, we even started recording. I'm a I'm a cat fan as well. Yes. I'm a cat dad. <laughs> and how many cats do you have? Two. Two. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, what what kind of cats are they? Uh, I don't know what tabbies or 
I don't know specifics on long haired. Well, the only ones I really know are um, Siamese. Okay. They're not Siamese, that's for sure. Yeah. I I decided to have kids instead of cats. So uh, (laughs) kids grow up and uh, and move out. We'll we'll go from there. But anyway, so... Um, you know, you've, you've obviously had your hands in you know, a lot of different pots. Um, and I want you on this, uh, on the podcast, and I want you on early because your story is uh, unique in that uh, you had a whole different career up until not that long ago. And, mm-hmm. and you completely transitioned. I mean, you, you, uh, you originally were an electrician, correct? Yeah, and I was an electrician for 13 years. Okay, so can you give us a little bit of, um, you know, your journey from, you know, going into becoming an electrician to now uh, all of these all of these other things, obviously, in, into being an investor now? Yeah, so I guess I'll start from when I was in high school, and basically grade 12, grade 13, you know, a lot of people were... Uh, looking at the colleges and the universities they were going to go to. And it was something that I actually hadn't thought about or put much thought into. So my parents came to me and they said, you're either going to be a plumber or an electrician. And you're going to apply to the local unions that were in Kitchener-Waterloo area where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So I ended up applying to both. I hold, I heard back from the, the, the electrical union, went in, did the aptitude test, and then eventually I got hired on to be an electrician. And at the, that point in time, I really knew absolutely nothing to do with like hands-on work either. I really wasn't into that either. It wasn't something that I was passionate about, but it was something that I got used to doing. I can recall was this uh, one of my family was, you know, how, how they get so specific into becoming a plumber. Yeah, well, they figured that uh, the trades were in demand. Okay. okay. And that you could make a good wage provided you were working with right. your hands okay. as an electrician. You working with your hands? Absolutely not. Okay. okay. I, wasn't, I wasn't doing anything with my hands while I was in high school as far as work. Right, right. Okay, okay. You take the odd shop class. Right. But right. I wasn't, like, overly excited to be a plumber or an electrician. Yeah. But I really didn't know what else to do. I was, I was lost and I was at the end of high school. So yeah, I said, why not? Yeah. And, uh, and so then you went into, uh, yeah. So, yeah. yes. So then I went into, you know, I went into the profession. I enjoyed it for the first couple of years, probably the first seven or eight years. But then in 2009, I ended up taking a position at Bruce Power, and I was living in Kitchener-Waterloo, so it was about an hour and 45 minutes from where I lived, and I would travel up there during the week and work on weekends, and then I'd come home on the weekends or whenever my days off were, and from that point on, I wasn't really passionate or excited about it, and I actually had it that I, I was missing something i felt like yeah my career was doing well and in the eyes of a lot of people i was doing well financially and i had a good solid job but my heart was hurting and i'd always hear this inner voice that would come back to me and say you know you're meant to do something else 
and I kept in the profession though for, you know, from 2009 to 2016 when I eventually shifted careers. But those years, they, they felt very long to me. And at the same time, I was, I, like I said, I was missing something in my life. I wasn't happy with what I was doing. Yeah. You were doing the, the back and forth to work and, uh, and wondering what you were, what was going on? Yeah, and in the midst of that, I had met my wife in 2012, mm -hmm. and she lived in the Washago area, so I ended up moving, because I was traveling to Bruce Power, I ended up moving up to Washago, so then Bruce Power ended up being three hours away, so I'd be getting up at two in the morning on, say, a Monday morning and going into work mm -hmm. at, at Bruce Power, and then I would come home on the weekends. And this and is Northern Ontario. Yeah. Yeah, in Washago, just just beyond Aurelia, in between Aurelia and Gravenhurst there. Yeah. And, and For those of you that are uh, watching or listening uh, in other parts of the country, that's uh, north of Toronto. About two hours north of Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you, you come back, you met her and... Yeah, so I met her and then I still did the travel thing and in the midst of that... You know, again, I was I was feeling very unfulfilled, unsatisfied. I didn't feel like I was growing or learning. Yeah. And the atmosphere that I found that I was in was very negative. Okay. Yeah. That I was working when it was a very negative atmosphere. And for I had this um, feeling that I just I wasn't fitting in. Mm -hmm. You know, I had started reading a lot of books, and and started realizing different things in my life. Yeah. And around 2014, I, I basically was like, I got to figure out a way to get out of this career. Yeah. Now that, now that's something interesting there. I think, um, I've heard this from, for a lot of entrepreneurs, um, and, and perhaps business minded or investment minded individuals. There is, there's something that just feels off. Uh, you can be doing you can be doing a job and and loving it, uh, but something still feels off. You can be good at it, but something still feels off. And and that's interesting to to hear you talk about that. That uh, even as an electrician, which is a highly respected trade, um, in definitely in great demand, and um, and even though you're doing this, you're still there's still something there, and and uh, there's still something that that you're looking for. Yeah, and, and, the, and while I was going through this too, I thought, okay, maybe if I, I get a different job somewhere else, okay. you know, so then I had traveled out to BC for a little bit. And then, you know, I, I ended up leaving that job and I went over into more of a, a management role where I was uh, doing estimating and ordering parts over at Bruce Power again. And I, I, I thought that this would solve the problem, this yearning that I was feeling that, you know, I wanted more out of my life, but the, the feeling just never went away. This voice just kept on coming back is like, this just isn't what you're meant to do. You got to move on. It's time to move on. And I mean, this is, I'm into my career now. You know, I've spent quite a bit of time. I spent 13 years of my life as an electrician and that's all I knew besides uh, real estate investing which I was doing on the side of my job yeah, as a part-time hobby. Oh, okay. So that, that's, 
uh, interesting. So you were working and then you started into your investing career. How, what made, how did you get that jump to start uh, a side hustle? What, what got you there? Yeah, well, I have to uh, a shout out to my, one of my best friends, Lee Quayle. At the time when I was working up at Bruce Power and traveling back in 2010, I thought, you know, I'm never spending time at home. I'm going to sell my house. Yeah. And he said, well, why don't you rent it? And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And he said, the rent that you'll have coming in will cover the costs of your house. And you have an asset then. So it made me think a little bit differently. And so I did. Yeah, I decided to rent it out. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, I got passionate about, you know, learning about real estate. Wait, hang on a second. You decided to rent it out and what, uh, put a tent outside? and uh, what, what Oh, yeah. So I decided to rent it out in 2010 and then I moved in my parents' basement. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I was, working up at, I was working up at Bruce Power during the week and then I would come home to my parents' basement. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'd live in their basement, essentially. Well, now, how did your parents take you coming back home? I mean, you're now a successful electrician, uh, and now you've moved back into the house. I mean, I'm sure dad's got a whole bunch of uh, jobs that you could do for him, but um, what happened there? How'd that conversation go? They, you know what, they, they embraced it with open arms. I, I really think they like having, I have two other sisters. They like having us around, and they like spending time with us. Yeah. So, look. I'm, I'm about, I'm turning 37 this year. And if I told them tomorrow that, you know, I'm thinking about moving home, they'd say, perfect, they can move into the basement. <laughs> so I knew that wasn't going to be an issue. Right. So right. what I did at that point in time is I moved into the basement. I left Bruce Power again mm-hmm. at that time. And I got a job close to home. Okay. And it was in that time I started started really passionately reading about real estate yeah. and I was able to save quite a bit of money to save a down payment for my second investment, which I ended up purchasing in 2012. Okay. So, and then from there, I guess it led to the third one as well in 2013. Yeah. And then once. And, and you know, why, why, uh, why real estate investing? Just because your, your friend said, Hey, rent out the house. Yeah, well, just serendipity. Yeah, part serendipity. Sometimes it just happens. You're in the right time, yeah. prepared for it when it happens. And uh, real estate, what I liked about it was I could understand the numbers. Yeah. I could look at, you know, okay, if there's this much coming in and this much going out, it really made sense to me. Yeah. And because of the the economics of where. I was living like or where the rental properties were in Kitchener Waterloo it was a growing area mm-hmm. so you you know long-term thinking at that point in time I was thinking you know if I could own four properties and hold them for 25 years and they paid for themselves and say at you know a three percent appreciation rate yeah. and the and the and the mortgage coming down you know they essentially could be worth you know, $2 million or two and a half million dollars in the next 25 years. Wow. So I kind of got this epiphany. I'm like, wow, like this is amazing. I can do this. But what if I could, you know, 
keep multiplying this. Right, right. So if uh, you could do it with one, why can't you do it with two? And if you do it with two, why can't you do it with four? Yeah. And it, and it just started out with the uh, renting out your own place and going staying with your, uh, it, with your parents in the basement. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning, you know, to be able to save up that money and then actually, because once you start buying, your principal residence works a little bit different uh, where you only have to have potentially 5% down on, on your house for your down payment. Whereas when you start getting into the rental properties in your second property, you're going to have to have 20% down. Mm-hmm. So in that period of time when I was staying with my parents, I had the opportunity to work lots of overtime. And I took every, every chance I could, could get to work overtime. And I ended up working 84 days straight and saving $65,000 to put down on that second property to kind of get, the, get stuff moving. Yeah. I, so I the, think that's, that's really interesting because I th- a lot of people um, want and dream of, yeah. of you know, building a, a real estate business or want to be real estate investors and, and have multiple properties. But to, to see that you would, in the eyes of most people, I'm sure your friends, and it would have seemed like you were taking a step backwards. I mean, you were moving back into your parents' basement, but you didn't, that didn't bother you because now you had a, another focus. And I, and I think a lot of people don't, don't see things that way. They, they don't want anything to change. They want to be able to maintain the same, same standard of living and, and still be able to, um, you know, become a, an investor and, and real estate mogul. Yeah. And, and that it's, it's a really good point too, because, uh, it just, it, it doesn't happen overnight, right? And it does take uh, persistent, consistent action over a period of time. Yeah. Even when I moved in with my parents for that extended period of time, I ended up after that moving in with a friend where he was only charging me $300 in rent and I was renting a room. And here I am 26, 27 years old. But the end goal that I had in mind was, you know, is if I could save this money, I could go to work, I could make this money, I could save it. And then I could put it into another asset. So I had this goal that I was striving for. And really, I, I, re- I didn't care if I had to sacrifice my lifestyle at the time to get ahead. Wow. That was the mentality I had at the time. Wow, that's powerful. I, I mean, at, at 26 years old, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of 26 year olds would uh, still be having a hard time uh, figuring out what they want to do. Uh, these days, and uh, you were already getting onto your investment goals. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, this all stems from when I was younger too, right? It's like uh, my parents instilled in me when I was younger that hard work will pay off. That's what they they had said to me, you know, you can work hard and uh, you can achieve anything, right? So I always had it in my head that I was I could, I could work hard and I could get to anywhere I wanted to go in my life as long as I, I worked hard and I put in the time to get there. Mm-hmm. Did, so, that, did that help you focus in those, in those times where you're, you were just living in a uh, one bedroom? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, at that time when you're, you're like, I guess, quote unquote, you're, you're sacrificing to get ahead. Yeah. That's absolutely like the, I was, 
so goal oriented. Yeah. I was I was looking into the future of where what life was going to be like and already kind of living into that. Yeah. But not even knowing at the time, like my level of awareness at the time wasn't there. Yeah. But I still had I still had this goal and vision I was moving towards. Yeah. That allowed me to it, it didn't really bother me the way I was living either. That right. that I was like you know, my late twenties and had a one bedroom renting it. That didn't bother me because I knew what life was going to look like in the future. And, and how did you get that? how did you get there? Did you have like, um, uh, a board with all the pictures of the things that you wanted or, uh, uh, a diary where you had, you know, your top 10 goals. What, what did you, what did you do to, uh, stay focused on that? How did you do that? Yeah, at the time when I was staying focused on that, I was really like, I was into a lot of podcasts. I was listening to a lot of uh, real estate related podcasts, and I was reading quite a bit. There was a period in my time in my life where I did not read from basically 10 years old to roughly 25, 26 years old, that I didn't read a book because I had a limiting belief that I didn't know how to read that I didn't understand how to read. And then, and then once I did start to read again, I would, I'm still an avid reader. I read every day. It's just part of my routine is to read. It doesn't matter if it's 10 pages or 15 pages, if it takes you 15 minutes or 20 minutes, I just make that part of my daily ritual that I read a few pages. Wow. So you came from a place where, uh, you, you, I mean, you weren't reading at all. You didn't even think that you were capable of, you know, learning in that way. And yeah, and now you're, you're reading on a regular basis. Yeah. Like when I went through school as when I was younger, I was always put in special ed. I can remember in grade five, you know, the special ed teacher would come to the portable door and they would call my name out. And there would be three of us that would go to the special ed room. And it was because I, I was told that I had a learning disability and I had trouble reading. Wow. So I was always scared to read them. You know, even going through high school, you know, when the teacher would say, you're reading Shakespeare, I would start to get really nervous and scared, like, please don't pick me because I don't know how to read. And if I try and read and I'm you know, I'm in grade 10 or grade 11, the kids are going to laugh at me. I had this belief system inside of me. Mm -hmm. It really changed that. And what the gift was is when I did move into my parents' house, my mom put a book on my desk downstairs that was by an author named Derek Foster. And it said, Canada's early retiree at 34 years old, or learn how to retire at 34 years old. It was something like that, the headline. Mm -hmm. And it was a book about uh, recession-proof stocks Mm -hmm. and dividend-paying stocks. And I read this book. I got really excited. And it was like the first book I had read in so long. I hadn't hadn't been reading in years, right? Mm -hmm. I got really excited about that. And that's where this like this passion of like reading and learning and then just imagining a life bigger than you were actually living in 
for, for myself at the time yeah. came from. Okay, now I've got to ask you a square, scary question here. <laughs> if you started reading there, uh, you had to have done some reading to become an electrician. Well, study notes and what I, you know, what I did, yeah, you got to read through the textbook. <laughs> you're, you're scaring me right now. Yeah, you got to read through the textbook. I don't classify that as, as reading when you're looking at a textbook. Like I didn't pick up a novel, let's say. Right. I wasn't picking up a book to read a book. If yeah. they gave it to us in high school, I wasn't reading the book that we had to study. Right. A textbook, what I knew I was good at as an electrician, like say, electrician, there's a lot of numbers in that too. Yeah. I knew I was always good at math and calculating things, spreadsheets, figuring out, looking at the numbers to see if it worked. And what I, what I liked about math was it was right or it was wrong. Yeah. There wasn't like, the, there was no gray area. Yeah. that there is in English. Yeah. So how I got through as being an electrician, you still had to, had three terms of school, but I was really good at memorizing stuff too. Okay. Not necessarily learning it, but I would be able to memorize it, hold it in my head long enough to go write the test or the exam or whatever it was to get by. Yeah. And that's yeah. how I got through that. Good. The schooling as an electrician. That's great. Okay, so so you you got through uh, you know being an electrician. You you got into um, real estate, and you you started buying more properties. Um, somewhere in along there that that journey, there's also you became got well, good at online marketing. Yeah, that's that that's later on. I mean, okay. there was. What eventually happened is I did end up leaving my career as an electrician in 2000, May of 2016. Okay. It, just that was about four years Four years ago now. Yeah. And from that point on, I really jumped into personal development. So, so just before we jump onto that, what, yep. uh, what instigated that? What made you decide, all right, now is the time to make that transition? Because I know that everyone has that question of when, if you've got a job and you're doing something on the side, I mean, that's a number of years that you were doing that. What, how did you make that decision to, to now leave your job? Yeah, well, it was, it was something that was in my space for a, a while. Like yeah. it wasn't just something that came out of the blue yeah. from 2014 to 2016. I was really thinking about ways how I could leave my profession. I really wasn't into it anymore. Like it was literally painful for me to go in. I was so disinterested in what people were talking to me about, about electricity and this and that. I just, I was so disconnected that there was just one point in time somebody came into the office and said something to me and I, I left, I went back to the place where I was staying. It was like 10 in the morning, somewhere around there. I just started crying and I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is it. And shortly after that, I just made the decision. I went in and said, this is it. I'm done. And I pulled into the driveway. I can still remember. I cleaned out all my stuff out of the apartment I was staying at in King Carden. Came home. I pulled up in the vehicle with all my stuff in the car. And my wife was said, what is going on? I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm never going back. That's it. And Just that was the decision. 
that's quite interesting. <laughs> you, you just decided to make that call uh, at work there. Yeah. Freak her out in the driveway. Yeah, yeah. She knew that it was coming. Like, I mean, I had lots of discussions around it. She knew that I wanted to get be closer to home. Yeah. And uh, but I on that particular day, I finally pulled the pin and said, you know what, enough's enough. I can't live like this anymore. I'm like really unhappy. Mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. What What was the hardest part at that point of of doing both, having two lives almost? Yeah, you know, I. Again, I, I, at the time, I thought, you know, financially, I'm doing great. And in everybody else's eyes, I have this great profession. Yeah. But deep inside, I, was, I had it that my relationships were suffering. Friendships were suffering. Mm-hmm. I was just coming home on weekends. Like, my, my relationship with my wife was suffering. There's a lot of, a lot of diff- other areas in your life besides your finances that are important as well. Mm-hmm. and that's what was really there was a lot of other areas that were suffering in my life you know so it it, it it's sure you can have a lot of money in your bank account your bank look, look great but if you don't have a good relationship with your wife what does it matter or if your health is deterring because you're so stressed out mm-hmm. what does it matter yeah yeah well, that, I mean, that's, those are some wise words for uh, a man as young as yourself. Um, most people don't realize, uh, let's be honest, a lot of businessmen don't even understand that and end up as a result, you know, ha- may, they may be great at business, but, but on the other side, their family life suffers, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, what might make uh, men really good at one task that but spending that much time and that much focus, they lose uh, on the other side. And so mm-hmm. but you, you were able to see the need for, for some balance there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Um, and, and I think it's important, especially, you know, this, the podcast is, I really want to point out these types of items of leadership, right? Because when it, everyone thinks about wealth, but they don't realize these areas and aspects where you had to, you had to take leadership on that. You had to lead yourself there with all of the uncertainties along the way, right? What mm-hmm. happens now when you, uh, when you take away the, your job as an electrician, uh, so you're making a significant income and now you're, you're going to go solo. And where do I go from there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty in that as well, right? You really got to have faith that things are going to work out for uh, the best. And at the time, you don't really see it. I think like um, Steve Jobs says it back, says it uh, in one of his quotes about, you know, he looks back and all the dots make sense when you're looking back. But at the time, you don't necessarily see, you know, the decisions that you're making, but you have to have faith to keep moving forward yeah. and making the decisions. Well, you know, as people, we have this need uh, for social consistency, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're in a trade uh, as an electrician, very well respected. Many people are probably even wishing they could be into such a highly regarded uh, position. And you're, you're making good money. 
um, by, by most standards, um, why would you leave? Why would you, you know, why would you move to the next? And I'm sure it would have been difficult for people around you, especially your, obviously your coworkers, it would have been difficult for them to uh, try to make sense of you making this. Did, did people at work know that you wanted to make this shift? No, not necessarily. Yeah. No. I was, at the time, I was still hiding it. You know, show up with a happy face. I think it's like most people that go to their job that they're unfulfilled to. They show up with a happy face. They do what they're, they're told, and then they go home, and it's, they're putting a mask on every day. Mm-hmm. You know, hiding their true emotions, what they really want to say, what they really want to do. Yeah. And it's why a lot of people end up unfulfilled or unhappy in their life. And I was doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, and then the question is, is do I really want to do this the next four years of my life? Yeah. Live like this. Yeah. Counting down the days to get to retirement. Or do I want to move in a direction where I'm excited about my life until the day I die? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you, you went from there. You, now you strike out on your own. You've left, you've left the tool belt behind and you started immersing yourself in, in what at that point? What, what, now let's try to get as many more properties. What, what was the strategy from there? Yeah, and the strategy was even from 2014 to 2016 was, you know, learn as much as you can about real estate investing. Like I was diving into a lot of books, yeah. a lot of podcasts. Even while I was at work, it would be on lunch. My headphones were in. I'm taking notes, seeking and understanding, you know, real estate investing. Yeah. And that's how I, I kind of, we moved I was able to leverage some of the houses and live off of that for the first while, while I made the decision to become a real estate agent and go on the sales side of real estate. Essentially I I quit my job and two days later I signed up to be a real estate agent. Okay. But that was also a 10 month process by the time you can do all the exams and there's a waiting period and, and doing all that. Right. So in the midst of that doing a lot of personal development, a lot of uh, work on myself yeah. is what had gotten, I, I understood that what had gotten me to the, that point in my life is not going to get me to the next level. Yeah. And I also started having breakthroughs around, you know, how important it is to be around certain people. That's that saying that I'm sure you've heard, you know, you become the five people that you hang around. Mm. And having an awareness around, you know, who am I actually spending my time with? Mm-hmm. And are they bringing me up or are they pulling me down? Mm-hmm. And I ended up joining a mastermind group, which okay. uh, one of my early mentors, Rock Thomas, I'm, I'm sure you've heard me speak about him, but he teaches people to become whole life millionaires. Okay. You know, where it's about, yeah, it's about your finances, sure. But it's also about your health, your relationships contribution and bucket list experiences and accountability in your life. So they're basically six buckets that you're constantly working on. So it's equally important. Like when I look at my marriage, I already feel like I'm a millionaire in my, in my relationship that I have with my wife. Like I've won the lottery with my wife. 
it's really important to me to have a good relationship with my wife. Yeah. You know, and she supports me in every move that I make. And that is really, really important to me. Wow. That's so great. once, once I, I got into this personal development, that was a year long and you know, you're, I'm going through like a curriculum and learning a lot of things. Yeah. And from there, you know, that's how I, you know, my wife owned a ice cream store at the time that she had been running for, uh, she ended up selling it in October of 2017, but she had been running it for 12 years. Okay. And uh, she actually, an entrepreneur. yes, yes, that's how I really got exposed to it. I, I seen kind of her work schedule and how she was building relationships. And I really noticed how impactful she was with like the people that came into the ice cream store People would just come in to see her. Okay. It was amazing. Some people come in, they wouldn't even buy ice cream. Yeah. I was like seeing this like connection she had with people. She was going out for like lunches with people. Like she was creating her own schedule. And that was like another breakthrough I had. I said, what am I missing? Like I'm going to work seven to five every day, you know, on the weekends, like all over the place. Yeah. And my wife is like creating her schedule of how she wants her day to go. You're the high and mighty electrician. Meanwhile, the, uh, your wife, who's the uh, ice cream scooper, seems to be having all the fun. Okay, guys, that's the end of the first part of the interview. There's a whole lot more still to come in part two, so I want you to join me over there. Now, before you do, please, if you could take a moment to just give us some feedback on the interview, on your thoughts, how you like it. We really appreciate it so much. And we really want to make sure that we continue to improve the product that we provide to you here at Leadership to Wealth. So if you can do that, don't forget to like and follow, and we'll see you over in part two.